Hello and welcome to another episode of Stolaroid Stories. This is episode 29. My name is Fabio. I'm an English teacher. Welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome if you're not new. On this podcast, you will hear people from all walks of life telling their own true stories. In previous episodes, I interviewed an Instagram influencer, a musician, teachers, friends, so you will hear a variety of people telling their own true stories inspired by one photo. And we also talk about language learning, so you will also hear conversations about how to learn English, what these people did to learn English, so I hope this will be inspiring for you and it will be helpful as well. And I tell my own true stories too, so if you go back to previous episodes you will see a lot of my stories that you can listen to and hopefully that will make you reflect on your life. One of the reasons why I started this podcast back in September 2021 it's because I read a book called Story Worthy. Story Worthy is a storytelling book by a master storyteller from the US. His name is Matthew Dix. And this book really changed my life. It changed my life because I understood for the first time the power of personal storytelling. All the stories that I've told on this podcast are there because I read that book. And I now know how to tell stories because of that book. So if you think that my stories are nice or if you think that I am a talented storyteller, I'm not talented. I'm not talented. I just read this book which made me understand what a story is, how to structure a story, how to make it interesting and how to make it meaningful. So if you like this podcast and you like the stories that I told previously, it's all because of that book. And I loved this book so much that I thought people should read this book because they need to find the stories and they need to tell them. And because I'm an English teacher, I thought students need to read this book so they can tell their stories in English and they can practice and improve their English by telling their own true stories. So what did I do? I opened a book club in April and six people participated and they loved it. We read the book, we discussed the ideas in the book, we learned how to tell stories, how to tell our own stories, how to start a story, how to end a story, the sequence, how to structure the events, what you should include in a story. And then we applied all the theory from the book to our own stories and we gave feedback to each other. The six participants loved it and that's why I'm opening this book club again so you can not only learn about storytelling but you can also use English meaningfully. So you use English to interact with the other participants, to discuss ideas, to write stories, to tell your own stories. I think it's amazing. I think you should be there. I will open this book club in September. So there will only be six spots available. 
one has already been taken so only five spots available actually if you're interested you can find the link in the show notes that will take you to a page on my website where you will read uh, what this book is about what the book club is about but if you need more info, of course, you can send me an email, fabio at stolaroid.com. In uh, this episode, I'm talking to Mary Gladzunova. She is from Ukraine. She's an English teacher. She's been teaching for 13 years. And um, Mary left Ukraine because of the current situation. You know what's going on in Ukraine. She now lives in Canada, and in this episode, she shares a personal story of hope. It's inspired by one of her photos that she took in Canada. If you want to see this photo, go to my website, stolaroid.com Mary. You will find the link in the show notes. And she also talks about how she learned English in Ukraine, what she did to learn English, how she teaches English and also we talked about meditation and the power of our mind very interesting stuff listen until the end listen until the end of the episode because I'm going to focus on a little idiom that I used in my conversation with Mary it's a little idiom that you can use too It's a very common, very common idiom. Maybe you know it already, but who knows? Maybe not, maybe not. All right, get ready now, because it's story time. Hello, Mary. Welcome to Stolaroid Stories. Thank you for joining this episode. Thank you so much for having me, Fabio. (laughs) So, Mary, you're an English teacher. You're a colleague right? And you were also an English learner, right? Because you're a non-native, non-native <laughs> uh, speaker of English. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course. So I'm Maria, Mary, Masha, <laughs> uh, from Ukraine. Um, yes, I'm a teacher of English and um, I think I will also never stop learning. So I am still an English learner for sure. And currently, I live in Canada because of the war situation, so I had kind of to move here. And uh, actually, here I have a really extensive, uh, I would say, experience of keeping my, you know, learning experience. So I'm really, really happy about it. Mm. Um, Yeah, so I have been learning for uh, and teaching for about 13 years already. I can't even imagine. <laughs> wow. This, yeah, a long this, time. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, and I really love it. Yeah, it's really like a love of my life, I would say. And mm. I, I believe that it's really cool when you enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And so you're, you're now living in an English speaking environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is this your first time, like living living in a in an English country, in an English speaking country? Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So you learned English in Ukraine. Yes. Without only. living only yeah. in Ukraine. Only in Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you are living proof that it it is possible, because some <laughs> learners some learners believe that they need to go, you know, to London or they need to live abroad for a number of years in order to speak English 
mm-hmm. proficiently, but you you didn't do that. So how did you do it? That's a very good question, um, because it was, of course, a journey. It is still a journey and very exciting one. But what I can say for sure that you know from the first moment I was introduced to English language at school. I started to learn it from the sixth form. So basically I have been learning it or oh, from the first, sorry, from the first form. And basically I have been learning it for basically, I don't know, 25 years already and still learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the, the, you know, the best and the first thing that I can say that I really fell in love, you know, it was like a love at first sight. And, mm-hmm. um, I really love this language, you know, and it has been my source of strength, you know, like my best friend that really supported me and, you know, always with me in the hardest times and in my great times and so on. And it allows me to connect to people, right, to express myself and so on. And yeah, I I, I think I, I was also very lucky because I really had great teachers. So I had already pretty good level of, level of English after school, but I couldn't speak. <laughs> mm. You know, I I had like good grammar background and so on, but the speaking part, yeah, that was uh, something different. And I was also lucky because I have a sister and she used to work, uh, well, as a translator uh, with some, so she worked with some American guys and in a lot of cases, I was exposed to, you know, very practical life situations. So basically, she would just take me with her, uh, just like put me in front of this American guys and just, and this is my sister, Masha. Go, girl. Wow, scary. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, um, it was so scary, embarrassing and interesting all at the same time because these guys, they were really interesting ones. And um, we also played some uh, games because they would do some kind of little camps for children, you know, playing baseball, playing basketball and so on, just chatting. And of course, it was like, it was really, I would say like, and hard and interesting experience at the same time I, I really wanted to connect to those people and to I don't know say something about myself and so on and I remember uh, especially vividly one um, situation when I brought some present to one lady and presented mm-hmm. and she was like so happy she was saying oh my god thank you so much thank you and I forgot what what your answer in this situation I was like Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like smiling and but it was like oh my god what is it so I came home I like the first thing I did I checked what you say so until like since then I have remembered it very well that is like you're welcome for example yeah so and from these life situations I learned basically the most and then mm. after school, I entered theatrical university because it was, in a way, my dream um, to, uh, you know, to to kind of um, be in a very creative profession. I didn't know exactly what I wanted, so I was like searching myself, and I decided mm-hmm. to try myself in acting because, well, in my understanding, it combined a lot of different things, you know, that I really liked. And my dream was to play in an English-speaking movie. Mm. <laughs> Which you did, right? And Didn't I did. Didn't you do that? Oh, yes. Okay. 
Yes. Sorry, yes. I spoiled the surprise. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So first I started with the theater, but I really liked movies more. And at some point I was uh, taking part in an international movie project, um, sci-fi, something like that. And mm -hmm. people with different, from different countries like Australia, US, uh, Ukraine, of course, um, and other countries. And, well, that was a huge challenge because, well, of course, there was some period of time that I had, but I didn't have that level of English that would be enough for me to be able to freely, um, well, play because you needed to remember huge portions of texts. It was, it was about yeah. a lot of pages A4 and you needed to um, be able to produce all of them on the spot. So it was like, so we were shooting all this long scene and then they would edit it and cut it, right? So it wasn't about mm. just like short, it was about huge um, portions of text. And not only text, I mean, you needed to play, you know, to be very fluent, to be very free in that, yeah? And also on the top of that, at some point I got kind of an administrative part and I needed to be able to communicate with a lot of people because I was a co-producer of this project as well. So, well, okay, <laughs> I had that huge challenge, but you know, it's really great when you have a challenge, but it's not, um, you know, overwhelming you in a bad way. It's like too challenging, yeah? For me, it was like challenging and very interesting at the moment, at that moment. So that was important for me and uh, basically I surrounded myself, you know, with English 100%. You know, I watched, I listened a lot, uh, every day mm -hmm. read a lot uh, with my husband, now well, ex-husband. Uh, we spoke we spoke in English all the time. And, and you said that you, you fell in love, mm -hmm. it was love at first sight mm -hmm. with, with English. I had a similar experience, but what, what made you... Mm -hmm. uh, fall in love with English? Hmm, that's a very good question. I, I can tell you, I can tell you what made me uh -huh. fall in love. Sure. And to me it was, if I, I realized that if I could speak English, mm -hmm. I could speak, I could communicate with people mm -hmm. who didn't speak Italian. And that to me was like an amazing thing to do, to like, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, something that will open a lot of doors in your life. Wow. Not only, you know, you can make friends, you can, if you speak English, you can read articles, you can get other opinions on something, not just what your country or what your, uh, the news, your, the, the, the media in your country uh, tell you. Mm -hmm. So it was like a sort of, it's the language of the world, you know, and we know that. So mm -hmm. when I realized that I could speak to Germans <laughs> and I could understand them mm -hmm. and I could ask them about their culture, about their country, that to me, that was what made me fall in love with the language. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That was one of the reasons for me. Another reason, maybe like... You know, how it sounds, because I'm very much, you know, well, into music. Yeah, like the melody, how it sounds. And there is something about this language that um, 
you know, clear is your mind in my case, you know, about the way, the, like the structure of the language, you know, the way it, you know, it is put together, the way mm. it is so elegant mm. and concise, you know, because in Ukrainian, mm. uh, yeah, like um, when you speak, there is like a different construction of sentences, yes, and it's much more... Um, Wordy. wordy yeah i know word, yeah and for yeah. me you know english is a little bit closer to minimalism you know like minimalism but like conciseness <laughs> and beauty it's like for me it kind of all these three came together so whenever i would work on english by myself or speak to other people i would feel like some kind of clarity in my mind and i really like the state of clarity so this is this was for first for me because you know when you're a kid um I wasn't at first exposed to a lot of such opportunities I knew I of course we we talked a lot about it and so on but you know I didn't realize it to such extent now of course and later I realized it right really oh my god you mm -hmm you are exposed to so many opportunities in life, right? It was more like um, my parents, you know, words at first, like, oh, it's like a global language you will have, like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but first, I think for me, it was what it was doing to me in terms of, like, my mind and my emotions. Because you discovered it, you discovered English at a very young age. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, I was like six, right? Okay. So I started, yeah. Okay, so wow. Well, no, uh, to me, I discovered English. Well, I, I studied English in school, but it, it wasn't really something that I was, oh my God, English. No, it's, it's just another school subject. Mm, mm -hmm. I discovered it when I, I actually wrote a blog post about this when I was in, uh, I was on holiday. And uh, mm -hmm. I, was, I was 18, and there were these two German girls, mm -hmm. and, I, and I, couldn't, I couldn't say, I couldn't communicate, basically. I could say mm. a few sentences, you know, those <laughs> few phrases, but, but then I couldn't really explain myself. And I remember mm -hmm. we were trying to talk about life after work, after school, because mm -hmm. life after school... It was, you know, it's something that you, if you don't know what to do, if you don't have a clear vision, if you don't have something, you know, you, I want to be a doctor. I didn't have that. I didn't have that when I finished high school. Yeah, so me I too. was, yeah, I was <laughs> lost. I was completely lost. And I was trying to tell mm -hmm. these things, but I couldn't, you know, that was, I think, a B2, a yeah. B2 topic, you know. Mm -hmm. Um that's when I when I thought, okay, now here, you know, I, I need to learn English. I need I need to be able to to mm -hmm. express myself when I'm talking to people who are not who are not Italian speakers. So that's when I really discovered English. Not 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 like you because you you were seven. So yeah, I was like yeah, mm. I was like really like a kid. But mm. I think I was really lucky because. When I talk to my students about their experience of learning, they always say, oh, in school, they had, like, not good. Yeah, but my teachers, they were, I don't know, they were really great. They were passionate about it, you know? They were, like, young and passionate. And I think their passion also, like, <laughs> it was contagious as well. So I would say that since, well, that's, that early early age, I actually I have been you know 
passionate about it, like really, really passionate. Now you're a teacher. So how do you teach English? Well, I started uh, teaching in a, also like in a more traditional way. And, but at some point, I had too many questions that were not answered. You know about what about how to teach yes i was like uh there was you know too much information you know this like course books and so on so a lot of things that would interfere actually you know and you know create some obstacles i came to the point when i kind of felt disconnected you know from myself and from the students and you know it felt like really wrong you know and I started to, well, it led to my burnout, basically. And I, I was on the verge of, uh, I don't know, even like I even didn't know what to do, you know. So uh, that was the turning point when I um, started to look for another ways of teaching, you know, another ways of being a teacher. And that's where I came across this dog ELT, like teaching without course books and um, base uh, your lessons 100% on needs and interests of students, really listen to them, to their needs and everything. And, uh, well, basically it made a huge difference. I also dived into coaching, language coaching. It was very beneficial till this time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, it made a huge difference how I felt myself as a teacher and what, you know, what results my students, you know, started to bring and um, yeah, it's gonna, it removed a lot of, you know, frustrations and um, over planning and a lot of things, you know, yeah. that, um, you know, that I you are know. just wrong. <laughs> I know, because when I started teaching, I would plan min the lesson minute by minute, like mm -hmm. it was, I, I, I remember going to bed, I was in New Zealand. I remember going to bed at about midnight or mm -hmm. even 1, 1 a.m. because I had to plan the lessons and I would teach every day for five hours. Mm -hmm. So imagine how much planning I was doing. If I, if you plan, you know, 10 minutes. And it's like in a loop, right? You're yeah. planning, you do the lesson, yeah. you're planning and so on. And that's all. But I think I think it helped me because it's it was mm -hmm. a way of understanding what I was doing mm -hmm. but then you know it, it's it's a process now I don't really plan lessons now mm -hmm. to be honest especially in mm -hmm. one to one in one to one yeah. and you don't do that either right you, I mean you have no. an idea but you don't plan minute by minute everything no. you're gonna say you're gonna do now the student is gonna do this then he's gonna do that no it's more free and and it's mm -hmm. more that there's more space right it opens up some space for learning and I realized that it's more about the people than teaching is more about the people than exactly the, the, the materials and the grammar and mm -hmm. the rule or it's more about the the mm -hmm. me and you you know me and you as as in student the the relationship between student and teacher and I'm sure that you wrote a book Ma Mary you wrote a book about this <laughs> A whole book, which uh, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be in the show yes, notes. I knew you were about to write a book, so. Yeah, well, not about, but it, it will happen. It will happen. I don't want to say anything. Uh, otherwise, yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. <laughs> and um, okay, so you teach English in a more 
holistic you you have a whole holistic approach holistic like you yeah the definition that's a very, of holistic i don't very know very good word <laughs> yeah it's a good word that i can't define mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. okay um yeah it's kind of holistic organic or something mm. and you know what i also um experienced recently an interesting moment mm. Uh, so after I had to evacuate uh, from Kiev, I went to Poland for two months, and uh, basically I ended up in, uh, you know, in an environment where I don't really know the language at all. Uh-huh. I mean, it's kind of uh, similar to Ukrainian, but not completely. I mean, if you really concentrate, yeah, you can understand maybe half, but um, otherwise, uh, you know, half it's like noise, mm. <laughs> you know, and um, because I forgot, you know, and for the teacher, I think this is very uh, an important point, you know, when, of course, like, because you already have this huge, like, pretty much like fluent, like, good level of English, great level of English, uh, and you are, of course, sympathetic towards students and everything. But when you are put into such situation when you don't know the language and you are in a lot of embarrassing situations, you know, and a lot of situations when, you know, like you're like struggling uh you're like you're saying just like one word you can't even like connect the words together like once again grammar is uh, also (laughs) pretty much important because Mm -hmm. okay i just knew some words you know like i could just say and you know there is this pressure of you know you wanting to express you know yourself but you can't and then uh, you are in some like a lot of um, situations like with uh, some party or whatever it is you know Mm -hmm. of course i was able to use english but well to some extent yes in a lot of cases but sometimes i kind of needed you know at least to say something you know in polish because some people just completely didn't knew uh didn't know uh english so it kind of brought back the memories, uh, like very, very fresh, what it, like, uh, how our learners feel when they're learning the language, all these frustrations, all these struggles, and so on. So it was like, it was super uncomfortable from one side, but from another side, I really, you know, I was really grateful for this experience to refresh it you know, in my mind. So when right now I'm working with students, I would say I'm more understanding because I refreshed this experience. And that's why when um, teachers are learning some other languages and so on, so they really can experience that, you know, and this is like super beneficial. So you're like super in the, and you know, you know, um, how to relate to them, what to say and so on, you know, this fear of making mistakes, you know, this mindset that, you know, oh my God, um, or say something super perfectly, or I'm like or a complete nothing. failure. Yeah, it's yeah. like this extremes. Yeah, but um, but when you get into the mindset, because it's really first about the mindset of an explorer. You know, you're like exploring the language, you're tasting it, you're just going out there and speak with whatever like even resources small... you have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, if you're learning a language, I remember learning Spanish 
in mm-hmm. not learning but taking Spanish classes in New Zealand mm-hmm. and I was a terrible language learner in the classroom mm-hmm. because I was paying attention to what the teacher was doing like I, I was mm-hmm. like no th- this is not how you do it you know mm-hmm. this is not how you teach vocabulary this is not how because she would give us long lists of of, of oh. words and I thought no yeah. I'm not going to remember these words Mm-hmm. But learning a language, yeah, it gives you an insight into what the students experience, just just like you said. And mm-hmm. I, I'd like to learn. I always say I would like to learn another language, but well, it's a commitment, you know. If I now say mm-hmm. I want to, I'm I'm going to start learning Spanish or Arabic. Those are the two languages that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. But it requires time. It requires hard work. Of course, it requires patience. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 one of those people who either you know you do something well, mm-hmm. you start and you finish it, or I don't I don't want to I don't want to even start if I know that right. I'm not going to to commit. So those mm-hmm. you know this goal of I'm going to learn another a third language. If you don't have the necessity to learn. Even English, you you shouldn't just learn yeah. it because it's the language of the world. Because some students believe that mm-hmm. in today's world you need you you have to learn you have to know English. Maybe not. You know, if you if it's not what you want to of do, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to speak like a native. Not even reach an upper intermediate level. It it mm-hmm. all has to come from, from mm-hmm. what you really need. Yeah, necessity. Absolutely, yes, necessity. Yeah, because learning a language is also not something fixed. You know, you kind of go to some moment, you just like fix this progress, and it's like forever. The mm. language is changing itself. You know, mm. it's dynamic, and uh, learning a language it's like I don't know doing sports. Right, you're doing the sports, and if the moment you stop, well, you lose your six pack. This is right. what I always do, not with language, no. but <laughs> with <laughs> physical exercise. <laughs> yeah, I do it for a month, then I forget for six, for six months, and then oh my god, I've got too much belly fat, no. and, and I start again. And I know it's perfect example, perfect example. So it's like a lifestyle, you know. You just, you just, it's like a mindset. It's a, it's a lifestyle. And for me, I would say it's also like a mind training. Hmm. You know, that's like once again to get into the like clear state of mind um, and so on. Uh, yeah, mm. so it's like an ongoing process, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we've been speaking about language learning. It's now time for picture storytelling because this is what we do at Stolaroid Stories. So you mm-hmm. have a story and you have a picture. I can't really say that it's like. Um, a story story in like our usual sense you know with the beginning culmination and the end not mm-hmm. really because i have such of course i have such mm-hmm. photos uh with stories right but um i just couldn't bring them because they are from you know like from ukraine and so on and they well i'm not just ready you know to even even talk about some really joyful moments or like some stories because well i'm just like 
at some point I will be definitely ready, but not now. So I decided to choose something from my recent, from my recent photos. And mm -hmm. uh, this one is uh, kind of special for me because, mm. um, you know, when you're traveling to different countries, like in Poland, so yeah, like when you came here and so on, you're not at home. Yeah, like there is this moment when uh, you are interacting with different people and so on. And, um, you know, all the time uh, you kind of see how the world wants you to fit in, you mm. know, to fit in, you know, to follow some, I don't know, whatever, some different, I don't know, patterns and whatever it mm -hmm. is uh, to make you something that you're not, you know, mm. um, too much noise, you know, sometimes, you know, too much of the meaningless noise. And this was like freaking me out when I was, you know, in my journey. Uh, well, and at some point I kind of felt kind of disconnected in, you know, not only from the world, but from myself. And this is like the most horrible <laughs> feeling for me that I can experience. So um, I kind of started, you know, step by step to go back to myself. And uh, this, I started to... Um, uh, I kind of found a way, you know, so I, that's why I started to wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning and just like go uh, in the park um, because at some point I just felt that, okay, so this is my time, you know, this hour or two hours when I can be with myself, I can hear, I can listen and hear myself, I can, you know, like feel the silence because I have a huge need, you know, for silence, you know, and mm. when during the day and so on, it's like too much of the noise and only noise, you know, well, this is hard. And this, you know, this walks and so on. So this is the this time and place for me when I can have that, you know, I can, you know, like have that space. It's really precious, I would say for me. And um it's and this picture it also represented a little bit like a metaphorical sense you know like the journey of our life that sometimes it's raining sometimes it's like really stormy right and you know like to keep in mind that after every storm the sun you know <laughs> will appear don't yes yeah will appear mm -hmm. and not to forget about it because sometimes you kind of tend to forget but in this so this is like a reminder uh, for myself also that you know like everything passes you know um, yeah and also like you never know what's going to be around the corner because basically in this picture you, know, you can see that there is a turn and you don't know this is a journey because sometimes we are so lost in the like result <laughs> we're so obsessed with the result and so on when actually what is like the most precious is here you know, is actually this process, is this like you you walking, it's never, it's gonna, it's always unfinished, you know, always unfinished, unfinished, yeah, and uh, well, you never know what's going to happen, like around the corner, you just, you just don't, and kind of to appreciate whatever you have kind of here. <laughs> we're, we're always talking about tomorrow, or we're always thinking about tomorrow, but mm -hmm. tomorrow might never come. Exactly. That's what I experienced. Mm. You know, you're just, you're living your life and then 24th of February comes and, you know, all your life is just like whew, upside down. And yeah. And, you know, and it can happen to absolutely anyone, you know, like anyone, you know, it can be something 
different, of course. It, it It's not only about war or something. Here, when I came to Canada, I met a lot of people, you know, with also not an easy life stories. And all the time, like, oh, my God, you're like, oh, my God, you're like, your story is like horrible. But I listened to their stories and, well, they're, you know, hard too. you know, somebody, for example, is experiencing cancer, right? Somebody, mm. you know, and so on, you know, so we are all in this together no matter where we live and we just don't know what's around the corner never ever <laughs> it's more how you react to the situation than what the situation really is yeah that's the hardest part <laughs> i can tell that you meditate i can mm -hmm. tell that because you, you you meditate regularly right yeah you, every day mm -hmm. okay and this i guess helped you Ugh. big time of course. Well, yeah, mm. definitely. It gives you this a state of observation also, you know, something happens and you, you're not like completely taken over by it and just crashed, you know. You you detach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's not like you detach and it's like, oh, I don't care about it. Not really. This is not really meditation, you know. You still care, yeah, but you're not absorbed by it. But when you can have that space right between you and what happens to you because mm. once again this is not who i am you know what happened to me my thoughts are not who i am my emotions are not who i am they are just you know like coming and going right but sometimes mm. in a lot of cases we're we forget about that and we kind of we are too identified and it brings a hell a lot of a problem <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, that's why we might forget about some really, really precious things that we have right now. Because we are just like too lost and too absorbed about things that are around the corner. And who knows, maybe there is a tiger. <laughs> well, then the way you approach life and the way you approach difficulties must be very different from the way I approach difficulties. And I'm sure, I'm sure of this because meditation, especially if you practice and you do it consistently, it changes you. I find it very boring. Even mm -hmm. sitting down for 10 minutes and focusing on my breath. <laughs> it's too, it's really, it's very boring to do. And that's why I, I do it maybe once, but mm -hmm. then the, the thought of, Okay, now I have to sit down and do nothing because I'm a person who always needs to do something, right. needs to think, read, or you know, work or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it just you know came to my mind that mm. it is like with language, right? So mm. there should be a point of necessity and mm. pretty high point of necessity, yeah, because yes, your mind is like very active and it's just like overwhelming and blah blah. blah. But you don't feel that it's it's already like too much for you. You kind of you know you can handle it. You live your life and it's it's okay. So it's just like with English, you know, it's not comfortable if you don't know the language. But anyway, you can figure out some ways. You know, blah blah. You don't travel maybe and so on, and uh, you can handle that. Yeah. But uh, then there comes a point when you're just like, okay, well, <laughs> like people felt you know during like the first days of pandemic. You know, you're like, oh. you know, you're just like no ground, you know, under your feet or something. Once happened. So that's basically was my state, you know. Uh, mm. And I just once again, and I had like all these deep questions that I could.
couldn't find the answer to. And I started to search and I found that and I just like started to practice and I just felt, yes, it met my necessity. I found, you know, the answers to my questions. So, yeah, so you can, uh, maybe you, you got to be ready for that. You know, you got to have the necessity for that, you know. Yeah, so it's all good. You know, okay. not to be afraid of boring feeling or something, you know. Mm, yeah, bo- boredom is one of the things that I avoid the most. Mm. Like, I, I always try to entertain myself somehow. Not to entertain, but to mm-hmm. engage my brain mm-hmm. into some kind of activity. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, otherwise, uh, I feel I'm not productive. Ah, I feel yeah. that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing, I'm wasting time. Yeah, yeah, feeling guilty, yeah, yeah. Feeling guilty. Of course, it's like all the streaks of the mind. Of course, it's not, you know, meditation, it's like you're going against the flow, right? Because yeah. your mind is always like a monkey, hey! <laughs> Let's do something, yeah. Exactly, yeah, and it just like wears you out. You're like, at the end of the day, like, okay, I can just... just you know and mm. we are between these extremes right we're kind of dancing there like mm. you know so the monkey is our master but what meditation does you become the master and monkey the master knows, of your mind yes and monkey knows its place we still need that monkey to function in the world right it's all right but it knows its place you know that's what meditation is also is about right so i need to start and start <laughs> somehow. Maria, Mary, Masha, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, joining this show. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Um, so I can share with you probably uh, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, okay, yeah. so I'll put, I'll put your um, social media contacts yeah. Yeah, sure. in, the, in the show notes. So Instagram and Facebook. Yes, yes, these are the main ones. Yeah. Wish you all the best there in Canada. Thank you I'm so sure. much and for inviting <laughs> and for your well wishes. <laughs> all right. Bye, Mary. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was me with Mary. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I hope you found it inspiring and useful. And now, as I said at the beginning... Let's focus on a little idiom that I used while I was speaking to Mary. I'm going to play a very short excerpt from my conversation with Mary. I'm not going to tell you what the idiom is. Let's see if you can find it. Let's see if you can hear this idiom. Are you ready? Let's listen. Okay, okay. So you learned English in Ukraine without living only in Ukraine okay okay so you are living proof that it, it is possible okay did you hear an idiom there or something that sounded like an idiom maybe you can go back and listen again because I'm now going to tell you what the idiom is so I said you are living proof that it is possible. You are living proof that it is possible. To be living proof of something or to be living proof that blah blah blah. Did you know this idiom? 
If you didn't, what do you think it means? So, to understand the meaning of an idiom or of any word, of any expression, we need to look at the context, always. So, the context is Mary learned English in Ukraine. And most students, I mean, most students that I taught in Italy, they think that to learn English they need to go to London or they need to go to Australia or they need to go to an English-speaking country. But actually, Mary didn't do that. So she stayed in her country and she learned English there without leaving the country. So I said, okay, you are living proof that this is possible. Hmm. So if we look at the definition, it means to show by your actions or qualities that a particular fact is true. So the particular fact here is the fact that learning English in your own country and becoming very proficient at that, very good at that, is possible. And Mary showed that by learning English in her country. So by reading, by taking classes, um, so it is possible. She is living proof that this is possible, that learning English in your own country is possible. I'll give you a personal example of this idiom. A lot of people think that if you are Italian, you can't be vegan because, you know, we have, we do a lot of work with, with cheese, with meat, we've got beautiful, you know, if you go to Sicily, you, you, you get incredible seafood, so you can't be vegan if you're Italian, it's impossible. But I am living proof that Italians can be vegan, because I am vegan, alright? I hope that the meaning of this idiom is clear. I will put a link in the show notes, don't worry. If you liked this episode and you want to help me, remember you can share this podcast with one of your friends. It will help me immensely. You can just say, hey, my friend, here is Fabio's podcast. If you're learning English and you like true stories, this is for you. That's it. That's all you can do. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope that you will join. Let's do it again. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope that you will join the next episode of Stolaroid Stories with another true story. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.